Is the NFL looking a little crazy right now with the odds-on favorite rookie to win Offensive Rookie of the Year not being voted to the Pro Bowl? We've got to talk about two quarterbacks who have their franchises doing an about-face. And then maybe, just maybe, we should stop victory lapping too early in fantasy football. We got a lot to talk about. It's Feel Good Friday. Not a lot of time to do it. Let's get it, baby. Okay, let's get it. Yeah, it's Friday. Feel good Friday. We vibing here on the channel. Hot takes, trending topics, what's going on in the world of fantasy football. No stats, no advanced analytics. We just going to have a conversation, family, and we're going to kick this thing off with the NFL potentially looking a little crazy out there. As C.J. Stroud is currently the odds-on favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. And I just want to know. I just want to know because this popped up today, curated on the feed. Who do you think should win Offensive Rookie of the Year? Puka Nakua or Houston Texans quarterback C.J. Stroud? So let's just let's talk about the situations that these two young players had to walk into this year. There were many people, me included, who took a strong stance and said, I don't want anything to do with Stroud. Ohio State quarterback, Houston Texans, they have historically over the past couple of years been a bad, bad organization, bad situation. It's a defensive-minded head coach first year in D'Amico Ryans. I don't want any part of C.J. Stroud. He's throwing the ball to Robert Woods and Nico Collins, and you've got an undersized Tank Dell. And all that he's been able to do is change life in Houston. C.J. Stroud is what I call a truck. You've got some quarterbacks that are trucks, some quarterbacks that are trailers. You have a floor raiser, and then you've got the other guys that just have to be pulled along by the rest of their teams. I want to know if you are an 18-wheeler or a Mack truck, can you get dropped into a situation like Houston and make marginal players around you better? Are you a floor raiser, an elevator? C.J. Stroud is no doubt that. Over 3,000 yards, 20-plus touchdown passes. He's only thrown, what, five or six interceptions on the season. He is having a fan Fantastic season as a rookie signal caller. Now, Puka Nakua, where did he come from? He was drafted in the fifth round out of BYU, and it's crazy because when I got a chance to meet Puka at the Senior Bowl last year, the dude, I'm watching him on Sundays, and I know y'all are watching the same way I'm watching. He looked big as hell. I'm looking, I'm like, damn, he looks like Anquan Bolden. Puka Nakua has got some size on him, but he, he wasn't that big in person. I'm like, okay, you know, but seeing what he's been able to do as a fifth-round pick, on a team to be the number one guy from day one, from day one, not week 15, not the end of the season, from day one. And then what most people forget is after his opening day performance, he goes out there against the San Francisco 49ers, who most people consider the best team in the NFC, one of the best teams in the NFL. He put up 15 receptions on that team. You start to look at what he's been able to do and what he was asked to do coming in to a situation where you had the triple count renter Cooper Cup, who, who got knocked out. This is a team that was supposed to be left for dead. Both of these franchises are in better situations because of these two young players. If, if I had to vote, if Puka Nakua sets this record, he's 29 yards away, 30 yards away from the NFL receiving yards record, breaking Jamar Chase's record. When Jamar did it, he won Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think Puka Nakua with a 100 reception season, over 1,500 yards, I don't see how this first-time rookie, first-year player, first-year Pro Bowl nod does not win Offensive Rookie of the Year over C.J. Stroud, and that does not take away from how damn good 
Stroud has been. The, the Houston Texans hit. I mean, you look at all the quarterbacks from the, the past couple of years. I, I don't think there's any quarterback. I love me some Anthony Richardson. A. Rich, you go back to 2022, you damn sure ain't taking none of those guys over C.J. Stroud. 2021 with Fields and Trevor Lawrence, I think we're taking C.J. Stroud over those guys. And then it goes all the way back to the 2020 class with Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Tua uh, before you get to a conversation about who you would take over C.J. Stroud. But for me, I think Offensive Rookie of the Year should be Puka Nakua. I'm going to reward a rookie who broke an NFL record that for a long time people didn't think would be broken. Then it was broken by Jamar Chase, who most consider one of the best or at least top two, three receiver in the NFL. For this fifth rounder to do this, and he is not 4'3", 6'3", 240. I mean, he's, he's, he's a regular-sized athletic profile wide receiver. But to come in and break an all-time record, Puka Nakua, for me, should get the nod for Offensive Rookie of the Year. But let me know, family. Let me know in the comments what y'all think below. Puka Nakua, CJ Stroud, who wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Now a little fun. A little fun right here. A reason why in fantasy football you never, ever self-proclaim the winner of a trade. Because you really don't know who won one side of the deal or another until much later in the season and in Dynasty. Hell, it might take a couple of years to figure out who won a trade. But I saw an interesting one. Hit the timeline today. And this is from 32 Beat Riders. Don't know who he or she is behind the account, but I've had positive interactions with this account for a long time. But here's the tweet. On September 19, 2023, okay, the Kyron Williams hype has gotten out of control, blocked out names to protect the guilty party. And I'm looking at this now thinking, shit, you should have left the names in there to congratulate and reward this savvy, savvy fantasy manager here because this trade was made after Nick Chubb, unfortunately, was lost to injury, right? Lost to injury. And the trade, for those of you not watching live, was this individual traded away, Zay Jones, Nick Chubb, a 24 first and a 25 second for Kyron Williams on September 19th, 2023. Now, the follow-up to this tweet, now I love when analysts and creators don't take themselves so serious as life and death and have some fun with this. 32 beat writers followed this up with, well, he ended up winning the championship. We apologize. Nice trade after all. And this was today or yesterday at 7.30. First of all, kudos to 32 beat riders. For, I, I do this all the time. I am very much, if you drafted Daniel Jones because of me, I am very, very sorry. But this is how you play. This is how you enjoy fantasy football. And this is a good reminder that as bad as you may think a deal is in the moment or as good as you think a trade is in that moment, you really don't know. And as much as you think that player uh, overpaid for Kyron Williams at the time to win the championship, to say that you won that league, to bring home that $1,000, $2,000, or just have that trophy and the accolade behind your name is worth it. Like, I don't care. I don't care what that first is. And if it was mine, it was late. Second, don't give a damn about Nick Chubb. I wish you all the best. Hey, Jones, we don't care. But now not only did you win, you got your stud in Kyron Williams. So just a nice little lesson in the fantasy football space of uh, don't be so sure of things in the moment. Now, Brees Hall is definitely sure of a lot because he tweeted out that uh, I'm telling y'all now, 2024, I will be a top RB. I will be in the Pro Bowl and I will be an all pro and it will continue years after that. Brees Hall 
drop that. Brees Hall is about business, standing on it, about business. Brees Hall is a damn dog. And it's just a good reminder because we may not care about the Pro Bowl. And I had some people comment the other day, said, the hell are you talking about, Ray? We're watching the flag football game, man. I'm watching the Pro Bowl. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm watching. But we not, may not care about this, but these players do. This is important for them, for money, for contract situations, negotiations. Like, being voted to the Pro Bowl matters. So when you're talking through the players that were snubbed, you better believe, regardless if they're going to play in the damn flag football game or not, they want to be recognized by their peers, by the NFL, and have everybody else recognize them as all pro, Pro Bowl-type players. I want a motivated Brees Hall. In Dynasty, there are very few running backs I actually want to invest in. Brees Hall is one that I would pay I would pay fair market value to acquire Brees Hall. Motivated, dog, wants to be that all-pro, wants to be an all-pro, Pro Bowl, top-caliber running back. Give me some Brees Hall. Now, let's get to a serious conversation. Let's have a serious talk here about two quarterbacks, and these are going to be two quarterbacks that we continue to talk about at great length throughout the offseason because they're very polarizing for two very different reasons. And we're going to start off with the younger of the two quarterbacks, the one that was drafted earlier. We're going to 2021, and we're talking about Chicago Bears starting quarterback Justin Fields. And I saw a tweet today. I saw some video today, and I saw uh, just some information on the 2021 quarterback class and Justin Fields in particular. But here's a tweet right here from James Palmer TV. And it is quoting Brian Baldinger from NFL. Love Baldy's breakdowns. Uh, he knows his stuff. But here's what here's what was said on NFL Live, NFL Network. I don't want to hear anybody telling me this guy can't read a defense. He's improved and is a legitimate big-time thrower. Baldy had a lot to say about Justin Fields, where the Bears are right now, and where they are headed. So just giving you an update of what was said in the video, and there's a full video that goes along with this, but, you know, copyright stuff. I can't be showing all of that. But this was not the only pro-Justin Fields stuff that I saw. Former Kansas City Chief and San Francisco 49er quarterback Alex Smith also was on a show, radio program, Sirius XM, and he was talking about Justin Fields as well. Let's listen to what Alex Smith had to say about Justin Fields. We can dive into the numbers on Justin Fields um, in, in his career, but you also have to take into account the instability this guy's played through. Multiple head coaches, multiple offenses, a turnstile of an offensive line. This is the first year with DJ Moore. He's actually had a number one receiver. Um, you know, like I, I just think it, it goes beyond that. And then, and, and given that instability, when you look at his play and who he's playing with uh, these last couple of years, like I, I think there's an argument to be made. Like this guy, this guy's uh, ceiling is unbelievable. I mean, I, I, I really do think he's in a separate category when it comes to. We, there's a lot of guys that we say are dual threat. You know, that fall into that category. Uh, th this guy's different. Uh, he has different kind of strength and ability uh, with his legs, and he makes plays that I think. And we're seeing football trend towards this. Like, look at Lamar, what he's done this year. And again, he, he's going to win the MVP deservingly. And again, not just based off his raw numbers. It's just his effect on the game, his effect and pressure he puts on opposing defenses in the run game and pass game. I, I think you you put Justin Fields in that kind of box. So, and, and we're seeing football go to this. Like, I think he can become that. He's that level of, of, of runner and thrower. He can make that kind of off schedule. All right, all right. So we got the gist, right? We get the gist of what Alex Smith is talking about. Justin Fields has had instability 
at the head coaching position. You look at the receivers that he's had throughout the first couple of years of his career. He finally has a legitimate one in DJ Moore, and he has made strides. So again, we're not pulling up any advanced analytics, advanced numbers. I'm just talking about Justin Fields and his ability to win NFL games his way. And I'm going to say his way because I do remember rookie year Lamar. And remember, if y'all remember, let's not, let's not think about Lamar when he won the MVP in his second season, but do you remember when he played down the stretch, his rookie season? And I believe they played against the San, San Diego Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers, whatever they were at the time. But there was a lot of conversation around, you just, you can't build around this. And I don't know if it'd be able to work with this style of quarterback. Now, to Lamar's credit, he's always been a much better passer than people gave him credit for. But the Baltimore Ravens under Greg Roman, they built a run-style Lamar Jackson-type offense that was conducive for his skill set. And that's what made Lamar Jackson the NFL unanimous NFL MVP in his second season. And you look at how good he's been throughout the years without having a dominant number one wide receiver without having, you know, a bell cow Brees Hall level type running back. You look at Justin Fields and his ability to change the math, change the math on the defensive side of the ball with his legs. Uncanny. We all know that. The real question is, can he do enough? Can this coaching staff, Ryan Poles, the GM, surround him with enough pieces to make the things that he can do, like the team help him along? He might not be a truck. Justin Fields might be a truck runner, but he's a trailer-level passer, but that's okay. Some people look at Brock Purdy and say, well, he ain't no damn truck either. He is a high-level trailer. And when you really look around the NFL, right, and we're going to – I'll save this for Tua because it's going to be a little more applicable for Tua. I just wonder how, how much better the Bears will be starting over with Drake May, with Caleb Williams, it, or is the right – move to surround fields with weapons and with pieces that can at least highlight the things that he can do well. You build that strong defense, you keep good weapons around him, and you have your version, looks different, of a Brock Purdy, of a Lamar Jackson, of a Jalen Hurts. You got a lot of people. The Bears are in a, in, in a very, very interesting spot. They, they could very well knock the Green Bay Packers out of playoff contention this Sunday. Uh, Eberflus seems to be safe. I know there was some some reports today where the, the president of the Bears was asked about Matt Eberflus, and he says, you know, we're just trying to focus on Green Bay right now. So we'll see what they do. Ultimately, I, I don't I don't consider myself a Fields lover nor hater. I just understand this young man has had to go through a lot early. There are some things in his profile that are his problem and his fault that he must fix. But I have seen progression, and you only can imagine that you add another weapon around him, it would look even better in 2024. Now a player that your boy was dead wrong, and I mean bomb drop, dead wrong on coming into the season, was Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungvaloa. I just, I, for me, the risk was too high. It was the reward and the payoff for me. It did not feel worthy of the investment of a player who by his own his own words, said he contemplated retirement over the summer, talked with his family about it. And then we all saw uh, the, 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 how he laid on the field after the concussions last year. So for me, he was just a player that I didn't want to invest a lot in. I just did not want to have a lot of Tua. And uh, Tua has performed at an incredibly high level this year, voted to the Pro Bowl, no Josh Allen, none of those guys. And we know a lot of players were hurt. 
But Tua was voted into the Pro Bowl. Tua has been outstanding this year, one of the league leaders in passing touchdowns, in passing yards on the season. And one of the interesting things about him is his start to his career was rocky when Brian Flores was there, pulling him in and out after the hip injury with Ryan Fitzpatrick as a rookie, it not looking like it may potentially work in a second season. And then the change and, and the addition of a Tyreek Hill and just how much better this team has gotten under the leadership of Mike McDaniel, it you can see, right? You can see uh, Tua a looks like he belongs, looks like he should be paid like one of the top quarterbacks. But ironically, had not seen anything about uh, Tua and a contract, nothing at all, nothing. There's been no reports, no rumors, Tua and a contract. But we finally got a little news. We finally got a little news. Where is it at? Right here. So this was tweeted out uh, yesterday from Joe Shad. And there was an article in the Palm Beach Post. New Tua Tungavaloa has given Dolphins answers they needed and earned a new contract. Inside the article, pay Tua. The Dolphins should and likely will after what he's proven. These are excerpts. And then Tua should command $50 million or more on his next contract. Do it. Miami Dolphins people are saying, we're sold. Make it happen. Do it. All right. So when I see 50 million, I'm thinking, now that's a lot of money. So I want to know, like, who are the highest paid quarterbacks in the league? So here you go. Highest paid QBs this season, average annual value, right? Joe Burrow, 55 million. Justin Herbert, 53 million. Lamar Jackson, 52 million. Jalen Hurts, 51 million. Russell Wilson, 49 million. Kyler Murray, 46 million. And Deshaun Watson, 46 million. I'm just going to leave this on the screen for a little bit. Because there's a, uh, a a nice little thread, theme, pattern right here. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. They were all part of the 2020 NFL Draft class, along with Jordan Love, who got a contract, sort of fifth-year option, picked-up thingy. He bet on himself and probably shouldn't have signed that because he'd probably be in the same boat demanding a lot more money. But we know Daniel Jones had asked for $45 million dollars. There have been rumors and reports that Dak Prescott is going to earn between 55 and 60 million on his next contract. So my question to you people, my question to you family on this hot takes trending topics fantasy football show is Tua Tungavaloa worth 50 plus million dollars a year to be paid like Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. Is he worth it? Is he worth it? Is he worth it for your dynasty rosters? How do you this is this is how I feel about Tua. Tua feels like it, it's like Brock Purdy, right? If I have Tua, I feel great. Lock him up, secure him. I know I've got a locked and loaded asset on my roster, and I also have something that is liquid because there's security in the market. So there's always somebody that will buy a secured starter, locked-in type player like Tua. But I'm not rushing out to buy Tua. The same way I'm not rushing out to go buy Brock Purdy, if somebody wants to sell because they don't like the name or you get somebody like me who I don't want to deal with the concussion history, I want to get off of Tua, great. But what you normally don't see in the market, you don't see a lot of people that have Brock Purdy rushing to sell them for cheap. Or if they've got Tua, they're rushing to sell them for cheap. So from a fantasy perspective, I mean, this is great. If Tua gets this deal, if this report is true, and the Miami Dolphins are going to lock him up and make him one of the highest paid players on an average value standpoint, then this is, I mean, this is great case scenario because for a while it was a very rocky, volatile ride along the Tua Tungabaloa train. But right now, 
it seems to have leveled one out. One of the things that people who don't believe into or don't like him, don't think he's a good quarterback, whatever the case may be, one of the things, the arguments that they use against him is that small sample size, that small window of how he played when he didn't have Tyreek Hill. And let's be honest, like when Tyreek first got injured in that game and he, he left the field, yeah, two would look terrible. But most quarterbacks would if you lose arguably the most dangerous weapon in the NFL mid-game, your game plan was developed around that player, yeah, they're probably going to look bad in that moment. Probably going to look pretty terrible, right? You take CeeDee Lamb away from Dak Prescott today, let's see how the Dallas Cowboys look. You pulled away all of that stuff from C.J. Stroud. We talked about him being Offensive Rookie of the Year when he didn't have Tank Dell and Nico Collins was out and uh, the other guy, Noah Brown, was hurt. He was awful versus the Jets. You pull away weapons from Patrick Mahomes. Take Rasheed Rice away from Patrick Mahomes right now and watch how he looks. The point is, everybody needs somebody. Very few quarterbacks in the NFL are going to be successful without their number one option. Is Tua on the same playing field as Mahomes, as a Joe Burrow? Probably not. But you take away the number one option for majority of the quarterbacks in the NFL, they're probably not going to look good. And I promise you, you yank CeeDee Lamb out of the middle of the Cowboys game, and Dak Prescott is going to look absolutely lost. So spare me the Tua can't do it without Tyreek argument. He needs everybody. And in fact, the one game where they got to game plan around Tyreek Hill not being there was coincidentally the one game that Jalen Waddle went off. Whatever judo stuff he has done seems to have worked well for him, his ability uh, to stay up. And most, most importantly, the things that are around him, the environment seems to be stable. Seems like things are going well in Miami. Offensive line is good. You've got a solid scheme in place. You've got players. You've got a great head coach. Things seem to be really good in Miami. Pay Tua, he's earned it. Wrap it up. It's going to be the final quarterback from the 2020 class to get a deal. Just a crazy, crazy roller coaster of a ride. It just kind of shows you we just don't know any damn thing. So that is the show today. Brand new stuff. Playing my song because this beat is so dope and it feels good on a Friday. Hot takes, trending topics fantasy football if there's a day where there ain't nothing going on and maybe we won't do a video but there always seems to be something to talk about in the fantasy space just trying new stuff on the channel it's the off season we want to have fun we want to have a good time if you enjoy this tell your friends share the video like comment subscribe stay locked in we got a lot coming to destination debbie make sure you wake y'all asses up monday morning 8 a.m eastern standard time your boys back live we talking about it Y'all have a great weekend. Appreciate y'all. I'm out. Peace.